Good morning, church. Delightful to see you here. That's a, a saying that they have in Kenya. When we go there, they church gathers and they don't use any fancy good words. They just say, good morning, church, and it's wonderful. So I hope that you feel welcomed here this morning. We're delighted to have you here. I'm so excited. I can't wait to the announcements to wish uh, Don and Julie McNeil a happy 50th anniversary. The flowers in front of us are for celebrating. We have a whole gaggle of a group here celebrating, so it's wonderful. We're delighted. Will you please join me in our call to worship as printed in your bulletin? I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Brothers and sisters, let us worship the Lord. Oh, 
good morning. Confession is good for the soul. It's even better for our relationship with God. God waits for us. Let's take a few moments for personal time with the Lord, then join me as I read our corporate confession. Join me, please. Compassionate Christ, you have shown your love in works of healing, forgiveness, and justice, and by giving yourself to us and for us in your death and resurrection. We, we are slow to love and to serve. We seek to have our own needs met before caring for the needs of others. We fail to give ourselves and choose instead to serve our safety, our comfort, and our privilege. Forgive us, heal us, and teach us to live lives of compassion, following your example, Lord Jesus. Amen. God loves us. Though we break his heart, he forgives us over and over again. Let us rejoice and glorify God. May the peace of Christ be with you. And I invite you to greet each other with the peace of Christ after the service out on the patio.
Pray with me, please. Lord, you are omnipotent, omnipresent, and know all things, and you uh, love us in spite of our ignorance and greed. Our prayer list is long today, as it is most days. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. You have given us this beautiful planet to inhabit, yet we daily do damage to it. Still, you grant us the most sparkling, clear days after each rain, perhaps to remind us how good it is to breathe clean air again. You grant us amazing sunrises and sunsets, forests, beaches, and deserts to remind us of your love and caring for us. You have given us the breath of life, yet in increasing frequency, anger, fear, and hate bring some to take the lives of others. We ask your direction in the work to bring this to an end. Today, specifically, Lord, we pray for those in South Florida. We pray for those who may still be yet un undiscovered. We pray for the families who wait. We uh, pray for a community in anguish. Our leaders meet not necessarily to reconcile and bring healing, but to posture and threaten. Lord, Lord, hear our prayers. Change these warring hearts. We pray for those who are unable to be with us today. For those who are ill, we ask for rest and time to heal. For those traveling, we ask for refreshment and safety. For those now joining us via electronic means, we are sincerely grateful. We ask for harmony among your children, Lord, that we may be aware of the gifts you have given, that we may be wise to fulfill our God-given potential and recognize the gift of your image within each and every one of your children. All of us, Lord, are truly thankful to have the pandemic at bay, at least for the moment. It is so good to see complete faces and whole smiles and even to hug again. Now let the people of God join together in the prayer of our Lord Jesus, in the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Waymaker. 
maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you, I worship you. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And you are way maker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, Jesus, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, Lord, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Bless our musicians. Thank you so much. Also, if you notice, I have an, a, a liturgist today. Her name is Peggy Stackles. You saw she is one of our elders currently on session, and we are especially blessed because she's a graduate of San Francisco Theological Seminary. So she's keeping me in line. That would be a good way to say it. There is a patron saint called Saint Jude, the saint of desperate cases and lost causes. Our scripture text today is about sorrow, about desperation, fear, urgency, and lost causes. It's about the burden of the one who takes on the burden of others. It's a story of influence. It's a story of redemption. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and holy God, may your spirit do a work in us as we hear your word read and proclaimed. Let us be quickened by what we hear today. And may our lives, as with the scripture text, be transformed for all good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
As you are able, will you please stand with me for the reading of the word? The first reading is from 2 Samuel. It's the words of David from the Song of the Bow. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson and luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. And now a reading from the Gospel according to Mark. <clears throat> When Jesus crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kuim, which means little girl get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. 
he strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Now, if you scrolled ahead, if you're online watching this, or if you looked at your bulletin, our title of the sermon is The Burden of Caring. And in both these stories, we see that there is indeed a burden of caring. It begins with David. David has written a, a song and said, this is what needs to be sung for Saul and for Jonathan. And he gives them accolades and he speaks of how tremendous they were. Now, if you've read your Old Testament, I'm nodding, you know that Saul loathed David. He spent much of David's adulthood trying to murder him. In fact, it began when David was a young adolescent. He sought him and David escaped time and again. And yet, and yet, David gives him praise. He speaks well of him. He tells of the glory in his leadership. I don't know about you. And you know, when it comes to my enemies, I'm just not that gracious. I'm sure I'm the only one who feels that way. I'm sure nobody else feels that way about their enemies, right? But when David gives him praise and accolades, he's giving it because God indwells David and allows him to love one who should be loved. So let's look now at the gospel according to Mark as he records a story. It's a story of really of two females, one who has had a disease for 12 years and the other who is just 12 years old. And as I'm sure you've all read my e-blast also and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, I talked about the sandwich, that you have a story in the center of a story and it's kind of like, you know, whole grain. And in between that whole grain, you have for me a vegetarian meal. <laughs> but he begins with the story of Jairus. And Jairus is a person of great influence. He is a person that comes to Jesus. And it, re and it, and it says he repeats himself. He gets down at the feet of Jesus and begs him, my daughter is near death. I need you to come. Please come. Now this synagogue leader is at the kind of the top of the, he's the, like the president of the synagogue. He has influence, he has power, he has wealth, he has everything that he needs. And so Jesus said, okay. Now I just want to stop for a minute because I need to let you know that if you're a reader of scripture, you know that the previous verses in Mark are about Jesus being on the other side of the lake where he healed a man of demons. And then he comes over to the lake, he gets there and he's greeted by somebody else who has needs. So Jesus goes with Jairus and he begins to be on his way when you have this sandwich center that's put in there. And it's a woman who has spent all that she has. So where you have Jairus who has 
everything and he comes face to face to meet Jesus. You have a woman who has an issue of blood and she comes up from behind to touch Jesus because she has tried everything. She spent everything that she has and she is no better, in fact, she's worse. And she is convinced, if I just can touch his clothes, I will be healed, and sure enough, she is. What a great story. Don't lose, though, the fact that Jesus stops because power has gone out of him. He has felt it. He knows something has happened. And he turns around and he goes, who touched me? And of course, you have, as Jesus often did, people who rebuke him or argue with him, and it's his own group. You know, the disciples go, oh, come on, really? There are all these people around you. How would you ever know who touched you? How could you see that person? And Jesus just kind of keeps looking. Because what's happened is when that bleeding woman has touched him, she is considered unclean. She can't go to the synagogue, along with not having any money, no resources, absolutely no friends because she has hemorrhages. She has touched him and she has made him unclean. The burden of caring means that we're going to get messed, messy. And he's unclean and he goes, who touched me? So she comes in fear and in trembling, but tells him everything. She tells him about how she got there. She tells him about how she suffered. And in the midst of that, she kind of looks a little bit like Jairus, even though he's got all this money. He came in humbleness. He came in need. He had a, he had a desperate case. He's coming to Jesus for her. It's not only, it wasn't just a desperate case. She was a lost cause. But she comes and she says, I'm the one. And Jesus looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. You no longer have that disease. Go and, and, and be free of this. And at that time, when he's still in dialogue with her, the people from the ruler's house come and say, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Why? Why would you want to bother me? Now, Jesus... <clears throat> Here's what they're saying, and he chooses to ignore them. Ever been ignored by somebody? Like you think you're so right, and the person just very politely ignores you because they really know the truth? That's what Jesus does. He just ignores them. And he takes his three disciples, those who are closest to him, and he takes jars. Now, some of us think, how would you even leave a little girl who's near death? I mean, if our kids are sick, we normally just hover right by them but he's gone because he's desperate. He has a desperate cause, a de desperate case. So they go and Jesus said, come on my three closest disciples and Jairus and they go into the house and the first thing they see when they get there are the wailing and the mourners. Now it is the tradition that you would have mourners when somebody dies. These are professional mourners. Some of you may be thinking I could do this job I cry at dog commercials. I could do this, but they are professionals. And if you are poor, you must have at least two that play the flute and one that can sing, a woman, loudly wail. She's got to wail, that's your job. These folks are probably far more than that because again, the ruler has 
resources. But they know death. They know death. They've seen death. They've experienced death. They've been there for death. They've walked through the grave to the graveyard, singing and wailing. So there they are. They know their job. They know what death looks like. And Jesus walks in and goes, why are you crying? Why are you wailing? This, this child is only sleeping. She's not dead. And they laugh at him. Hey, we know our job. We know dead when we see it. That's a paraphrase. And Jesus looks at him and he goes, okay, you, out, you, out. Mom and dad, come with me. Disciples, show me your daughter. And he walks in and he says, Talitha, little girl, rise up. And he does it by taking the hand of the dead. Now, if you think you're unclean when you touch someone who has a hemorrhage, the worst type of unclean is to touch the dead. But Jesus touches her. Wake up, rise up, my little one. Again, the burden of caring is to reach out and touch. So here's an assumption I'm going to make. I don't know about you online. God bless you. I hope you know Jesus. If you don't, give me a call, send me a text, write me. I'd love to talk to you about Jesus. For you who are in the congregation, I'm going to assume that you probably are followers of Jesus. Why else on a gorgeous day would you be in the center of church and no coffee in hand and not on, with your pajamas on? Jesus models for us what it means to pay the cost of caring. He touches ones who are unclean and allows those who are unclean to touch him. Our call is to care. Our call is to go out into the world where everyone else would say it's a desperate case and a lost cause and bring hope and redemption. Because, folks, we were once lost. We were once desperate. And Jesus came to us. And Jesus touched us. And he calls us to do the same. Now, here's the interesting thing. The woman who's healed just wants to be healed and go on, but that's not who Jesus is. See, and this is why we can care. Because when you meet Jesus, it's not just, hi, good to meet you, now I'm on my way. But Jesus said, no, I want a relationship with you. I want you to be a disciple. And in a real sense, she already is. She has heard of him. She sees him. She touches him. That's what disciples do. They hang with Jesus. Jesus calls us, brothers and sisters, to carry the burden for those who are in need. Oftentimes, it can be an enemy. But that's our call to care in the way that Jesus cared. Our lives 
oftentimes are so busy. They're like, I don't have any energy left. I don't know if I can do this. I wondered if Jesus, when he got off the boat from having healed the man with demon spirits and kind of been run out of town, because the people were kind of freaked by that and freaked by what went on, and then he comes to a new place and you think maybe he'd just get a rest, but no, everybody's there and there are needs there. And Jesus begins to minister and meet the needs, so it's not going to be convenient and the people that you're called to care for can be your enemies. They could be those that are, for you, unclean, untouchable. But Jesus said, come, follow me. Amazing for Jairus when he spoke with them. The words used for Jairus was, Jairus, keep believing. That's a better translation not just have faith, keep believing. You see, for Jairus didn't have a hold of faith. Faith had a hold of Jarvis. Little girl is healed. How can we, as followers of Jesus, go out and take on that burden of care? We go with Jesus. That's how we do it. That's how we bring that grace and that shalom to all people, no matter who they are. And for some, that will look like the homeless. For some, that will look like asylum seekers. For some, that will look like the person who's a different political party than you are. But who's ever out in the world and is in need as followers of Jesus, let us take on the burden of care. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Thank you. Will you please join me in our statement of faith from Romans 8? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Once again, when you leave and you greet everyone, please greet Julie and Don and wish them well. They probably know the burden of caring in 50 years and all the good stuff that go with that. So again, congratulations to you. As you leave today, you will see that there are offering baskets in the back. Our ministry of the church, both locally, globally, is very much affected in the way in which we are able to give generously. So I encourage you as you leave to drop off your tithes and offerings. Now, next Sunday, it's not that I don't love seeing you all in here, but at the nine o'clock service, the choir will be singing for the nine o'clock service outside on the patio. So just saying that if you've missed the choir, as many of us have, I would come at nine. You can come twice. I go to two services on Sunday. Come join us, you could. Also, our Kids Village is providing for children little um, 4th of July baskets, and we want to make sure that all our children receive them. If you're not sure your child is on the list, please talk to Allison. He, she's over at Kids Village, and she'll make sure that your child receives one of those. The other things that are happening in July, and I just want to go through them briefly, but the first is there is a camp coming up, and we want you to register. It is for third grade through 12th grade, and it's a drama skills camp. So if you think you're good at acting, come and find out how much better you can be or bring your grandkids. And so again, it's for our children's ministry and, and youth, and we encourage people to sign up for that. You could speak with Twyla or call the church office. And then in July, we have three memorials coming up. These are people who God has called home. They've lived long and, and full lives. The first is Milt, Dr. Milt Calero, his service is the 10th of July at half past 10, it's in the chapel. On July 16th, Bob Grindel, beloved member of this church, is having a memorial service at 11 a.m. on that Friday, and then on Saturday at 2 p.m., again, we will be celebrating the life of one of our saints, Laverne Briggs. You are all invited to those, and I would encourage you to mark your calendars in that way. The other things that are happening in July is that we have the Branch Barbecue. This is the group that goes down and feeds the homeless. And we do it down at Mission Bay and it's going to start up again. So I'm very excited that our missions are beginning to, to start and we encourage you. There are maps outside and information about that. But to, there's an opportunity, a burden of care is to go down and minister to those who many would just neglect or not see or ignore. 
On the 25th, San Diego Rescue Mission will have a big truck outside and we want you to go through all your stuff. Now, Rick and I are late bloomers. We finally went through our stuff. And I looked yesterday and I thought, I have so much more stuff I can give away. I bet you do too. So collect those, bring those on the 25th of July and that will go down to their thrift shop and that's part of the way in which they support what's going on. There are needs in our church for ushers and welcome people, ways in which you can serve. And I'm so grateful for ushers. We need more. Talk to me or talk to Holly about ways that you can engage. Also online, there are some positions that are open and we invite you to look at those. The most important right now is our director for children's ministry. So be in prayer and see ways that you might be able to connect with our church. Please stand with me for the benediction. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. The burdens we carry are never alone. So may the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ and the shalom that we bring to the world be with you now and always. Amen. Thank you.